What's up, everybody? It's our last Friday episode of the season, and boy, do we have a doozy for you. We talk 2024 sleepers, the Week 18 slate, and some good news. Enjoy the program. It's the IBT Podcast coming at you. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the fun, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. fantasy football podcast all right all right all right it is feel good friday january 5th 2024 and with just 16 games remaining in the nfl regular season calendar we're excited to talk football one more time on a Friday this year. My name is Seth Wilcock, and I'm feeling some mixed emotions with the regular season coming to an end, as does some of our regular in-season content. And while we're always excited to bring it to you, it's also a lot of work. So uh, I'm definitely feeling the, the mixed bag of emotions today. I'm joined by my dude who's been riding with me each and every Friday this season. He's a charity tournament host. He's a multi-sport analyst. And he's a guy who just saw Wicked the other night as well. Magic Money, Eric Romoff. What's up, man? Man, I'm uh, I'm in a glass case of emotion today. I'm feeling a little froggy. So maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's the last week of the... Friday shows, maybe it's the last week of the regular season and all the cool cl- clinching scenarios that we'll go through. But yeah, man, I'm I'm coming in on one. I'm looking forward to today. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Can you tell everyone what we have going on today on the program, Eric? Yeah. So for the first time in a long time, no Thursday night football to break down. So we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this week 18 slate specifically through the lens of games that we are targeting and avoiding. We're also going to spin through uh, a nifty little incentive chart, see which players are out there playing for a little bit of additional coin in week yes, 18. Sir. Then we will head into our sure thing sleepers of the week because we're not running waivers this week. We're actually going to spin that over to redraft sleepers for the 2024 season. So should be a fun one. Make sure if you have any questions, any parting thoughts on this, our last Friday show, get those in the comments. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, keep this IBT train rolling. Let us know. We appreciate you guys riding with us. Looks like we already got some IBT family members in the chat. Dave saying, I'm feeling absolutely incredible on this Friday. Hashtag feel good Fridays. Good afternoon, guys, from Jamie and uh, old old, uh, Dave. Shout out big text in the chat. We appreciate you guys riding with us each and every Friday. It's so fun to bring these episodes to you. It's a little bit different than what we do on Tuesday night, so we greatly appreciate it. 
And uh, speaking of Tuesday nights, we do some programming notes for you as well. Uh, this show will go back to weekly after today, meaning it will be on a Tuesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, and then the audio version out the following day. PGA season also back on the channel. You can check out the 19th hole. That's live on Tuesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time with Bo McBrayer and Connor Coughlin. And then NASCAR season. It will be back as well, so keep your eye out for new back rows, new episodes of the NASCAR betting preview show with our partners over there as well. And uh, bittersweet announcement as well, but uh, today, Eric, is the official retirement of my column series, Start, Sit, and Seth. I've told so many wonderful stories, and it's really been a labor of love, this column series. I started it when I was 21, kind of going through a a pretty rough time in life, and it really helped me sharing my story, sharing other people's stories over these years. I've got to interview some of my heroes, tell some really cool stories, and shed some light on some things in this industry that I thought needed to be shed, so... uh, Sad to see it go, Eric, but I'm excited to see what what the future holds for us here at In Between Media because, man, this company's continuing to grow. We have so many great content creators, and I have to do a better job and and my job uh, of promoting everyone and all the great content we have here. And Start Sit and Seth, unfortunately, had to you know be the one to get axed here. Man, just dropping bombs on me on a Friday afternoon. I had no idea this was coming. This has been a foundational a cornerstone piece in ib in ibt legacy and lore so uh tough to see it go but like you said right like as the as the ibt universe is ever expanding uh sitting down and writing a very well written and well researched column yeah. every week uh takes up a lot of time right so you'll uh, you'll have to send those musings back to your uh, to your personal diary as you're laying in bed at <laughs> night and uh and use that time elsewhere in in the ibt fam Absolutely, man. And, you know, I think the cool thing about this industry is you get to wear a lot of different hats, especially in a startup. And, you know, I get to do a live show with with you and and all the other cast members we have on the program weekly. I get to do one for the NASCAR season as well. And uh, still writing a lot of good content in shorter form that we're putting out over the site in between media.com. So thank you guys so much for all the support. Let's go ahead and jump into things here. Let's uh, crack this bad boy open here with uh, a little bit of matchup management. Who you got? got? Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? All right. So we kind of made the decision in our programming this week, Eric. We will talk a little bit about week 18 here on the podcast, but a lot of our content uh, that was NFL related or fantasy football related, not as much sports betting related, we kind of shifted towards 2024 because. I don't know about you, man, but week 18 is so hard to play a season-long fantasy football game in, and uh, about 25% of our audience from the poll we ran is doing it. Do you have any week 18 matchups heading into it? I do not, know. I am all buttoned up. Uh, 25%, that is more than I would have anticipated. So if any of those people are watching right now, let us know. Let us know what it's like. In the week 18 waters, it's got to be treacherous, right? <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. Um, let's talk about some of these week 18 players that will be resting here. And really, this is why I think it's so tough to play in week 18 if you're playing a season-long league. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, OBJ will be out against the Steelers. Joe Flacco, uh, he needs a little more rest here. He needs to head back to the couch for one more game for the Cleveland Browns. And then the Rams, their plethora of offensive players, uh, Matthew Stafford, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. Puka Nakua, I think, is going to go in this. I think he's chasing a couple of records, so that's why they're going to have him out there, at least for a little bit, Eric. 
Uh, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, they're out for the 49ers and Mahomes out for the Chiefs. What do you make of this? Are there any silver linings or any takeaways for you with these inactives? Yeah, not, I mean, nothing too surprising, right? Like the the names that we see here are largely on teams that are either, um, you know, locked into their particular seed and scenario or are very, very likely um, to to land in a particular spot, right? So yep. like getting, you know, getting some of these veteran players a little bit more rest, especially now that we are a few years into this elongated season is, yep. you know, is is paramount, right? So not not surprising at all. I, I do think it, it, you know, there are a couple of interesting components to this. I was a little surprised to see Joe Flacco not at least get the start because yeah. he does he has that per win incentive in his contract, right? So like get out there for a quarter, mix it up a little bit, stand behind one of the better offensive lines in the game, right? And then you know still get that dub, get a, get a little bit more, a little bit more cash in his pocket. That would probably be the route I was going if I was Joe Flacco. Uh, programming note: I am not Joe Flacco. <laughs> oh, um, really? Also, you know, maybe this is just kind of the chaos agent in me with that with that Rams offensive trio sitting. We're going to see a little Carson Wentz out here this week. I know just the yeah, it is is objectively hilarious that he's going to be out here for like his ninth team. I hope that he trots out in that practice kit where he's got like one article of clothing from each team that he's been on because, yeah, I mean, look. He's he's gonna be out there with something to prove, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm sure absolutely. he'll be he'll be playing his hardest, but didn't didn't have Carson Wentz popping up as a starter on my my 2024 bingo card. No, and I honestly didn't even have the Rams locking into the sixth seed this you know this far in the season. Congrats to Sean McVay, everything they're doing over there. The 49ers uh, all locked up that uh, top seed in the NFC. Chiefs they're kind of locked into where they'll be playing in the three spot uh, in the AFC, and then Cleveland. Like shout out Cleveland as well. We talked a little bit about it on Tuesday, but Kevin Stefanski needs to be in that Coach of the Year conversation, Eric. 100%. I mean, what he's done. Injury after injury on the offense and the defensive side this season's been tremendous. It's it's absolutely insane, right? And like any any Browns fan will happily, or I guess not so happily, but readily tell you, like the the amount of bad breaks that have come their way this season yeah. is oh, just yeah. like part of being a Cleveland Browns fan, <laughs> yeah. right? So like not yeah. not terribly surprising that it all landed on on the Browns' lap, right? Like I I think the stat that I saw was the Browns have more money in terms of or more guaranteed money on IR this year than any other team in, in the NFL. And yet here's, here's Kevin Stefanski, right? Like if they were not in the AFC North, probably going to, you know, would have this team fighting for a two or three seed, Um, you know, clearly with the, you know, the reemergence of Joe Flacco and just how stout the foundational pieces are on this defense on both lines. Like this is, this is a legitimate contender, right? Like this is a team that nobody wants to see in the playoffs despite all of those injuries. So big shout out to Kevin Stefanski because he is doing a lot with a little right now. And Eric, I know you actually had a Super Bowl or I think uh, to make the Super Bowl win the AFC uh, future on the Browns. And uh, tell us a little bit about what happened with that. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, I've been patting myself on the back for that one for uh, for a few weeks now, but finally decided to uh, to cash that bad boy out. It was sitting at about 17 to one from the point that I got it. Took a uh, took a cool 8x payout on it and put a put a little money in my pocket for for the new year. So with the Browns clinching that five seed, uh, a buyout became available and I took the money and run. You will not go broke taking a profit. Hell yeah, man. Good fortitude from you. Looks like we got Albert in the chat today. What's up, Albert? So good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Eric, let's talk a little bit about incentives as well. 
not a crazy uh, amount that I think are going to come into play, but a couple to note here. Uh, we'll go ahead and pull up this uh, chart provided by our guy, toadsports.net. He's at toadsports on Twitter. Geno Smith, $2 million for him to make the playoffs. He's going to need a little bit of help here. We'll see if he can get it. DeAndre Hopkins, this is an interesting one, I think, because he's got $1.25 million on the line if he can get seven receptions for 49 yards. The yardage doesn't seem to be an issue with this guy. It's usually the receptions. Are you taking any player props or or uh, any DFS lineup considerations with Hopkins regarding this information? Not necessarily regarding this information. It helps, right? Like for for me, my my stance is is pretty straightforward. Like if these guys are out here and they are within arm's reach of of you know getting to these incentives generally think generally speaking I, I feel like they you know they do their best to try to get to them right so definitely adds a little bit more juice to to hopkins but in particular i don't i don't know if you saw this this speech from from mike vrabel but he yes i was about to say that up for this game like he is not letting these guys go out there with their tail between their leg like they are trying to go out there and eat the jaguars lunch and you know finish the finish the season with the statement and then from an analytical standpoint right like this Jaguar secondary is very much so the unit to attack. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're much more of a pass funnel that sets up nicely for Hopkins. I kind of think of it in a similar light to you. I think the yards is very, very attainable seven receptions. I mean, Tennessee doesn't throw all that much, but I mean, he, he gets enough target volume, right? Like the, those looks are concentrated his ways. If he's close, they might, they might pepper him with a few extra ones down, down the stretch. It was hilarious. Uh, you guys have to go check out this video, Mike Vrabel. Dude. Uh, he calls out the reporter. Vrabel's a madman. Gentry. All we got was Gentry. <laughs> you, you really think, you know, I, I hate to lose. Losing sucks. And then another reporter asks a follow-up question, and he goes back to Gentry. He ain't done. So uh, shout right. out Gentry. That was an awesome. That was an awesome moment. One of the best moments of the Titans this season. Um, and here we have some more incentives, Eric. Uh, OBJ obviously not playing in this, so he's going to miss out on some of those incentives. Uh, I don't think he really cares. He's got enough in, in the bank right now. Alexander Madison, 125 rushing yards. Probably not going to see it. Lions pretty good rushing defense as of late, and it's been more the Ty Chandler show as well. Jordan Love could, could get an extra half mil for uh, making the playoffs as well. Dalton Schultz, I think, though, is, is the big one to note here. Six Spicy. receptions gets him half a million and uh, four receptions get him quarter of a million. He took a really friendly deal this year, and uh, here he can make some money back, Eric. Yeah, this is this is definitely the one to to underscore, right? Because like, I mean, like Dalton Schultz is about to be twenty eight. Uh, he'll he'll at least be twenty eight heading into next year. Yeah. Um, and that that contract that he signed, you know, it was his his largest payday, but uh, still a, a pretty you know pretty. Uh, team friendly type of agreement that he put out there. So to, to be able to, you know, turn around and get another three quarters of a mil in a game that, you know, obviously tank Dell is on IR, but also Noah Brown's going to be ruled out. And this, this game in particular, like this is the first round of the playoffs. Literally the Texans and the Colts scenarios are identical. If they win, they are in either as the AFC South champion with a Jaguars loss or as the seventh seed. So I mean, this game on Saturday night is going to be absolutely electric. Uh, you know, when when he's been out there, Dalton Schultz. I mean, you know, six six catches is very much so on his his range of outcomes, right? It's it's certainly on the higher mm -hmm. end, but he can absolutely pull this off. 
I'm looking forward to that one on Saturday night. Like bookmark it, folks. If you have nothing to do, please tune into that one. It's gonna be one of the best games of the weekend. We'll talk about it in the Easily. slate breakdown. But um, I'm actually heading up to a diaper party back home about four hours tomorrow morning, Eric. Yo. And uh, at night, I- I'm sure we're gonna be posted up uptown somewhere at a bar. And I cannot wait to have a little extra juice going in this game because Ooh. it's gonna be a fucking fun one. So. Uh, Devin Singletary, also of note, 165 rushing yards. He needs to clear uh, another 125,000 for him this season. I think that's a little hard to expect. I I do think it will be a a nice game for Singletary. We've seen running backs do pretty well against the Colts this season. Um, However, that's a high bar even for uh, one of our all-in-the-scope candidates, Devin Singletary. Yeah, I mean... I'll say that I want to see him get this one because uh, weirdo Texan fan bias. If he's getting 165 yards, it's very likely the Texans are winning. This Hell game. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the table and say he absolutely gets this and is gonna skate past it. Maybe he gets 200. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I think the Colts are allowing like 100 yards a game to to running backs, which is still a ton, but mm-hmm. not quite 165. Yeah. Uh, shifting over to a game I don't really want a lot of part of, uh, that's the Chargers game against the Chiefs. We know no Pat Mahomes. We haven't got the official word whether Kelsey will be out there, whether Rasheed Rice are going to be out there. They're not far away from a thousand yards. So I don't know if they want to risk, you know, trying to clear that benchmark or not, what, what the deal is with those two, uh, important players for the Chiefs. But Easton Stick versus what Blaine Gabbert here is it's not the most exciting uh, matchup despite Blaine Gabbert being a hilarious human being and actually saved a guy's life last year however Austin Eckler's got to clear 110 all-purpose yards do you think he gets there Eric and are you gonna have any skin on him this weekend whether it's from a DFS perspective or from a betting perspective Uh, I'll take the easy answer first which is the latter no I will not have any exposure or investment in Austin Eckler this week uh, in wow. terms of whether or not he gets there. I mean, it's not the craziest thing, right? I think he's gotten up over 110. Let's see, one, two, three times this season. Uh, the closest that he's gotten in the last eight games, he put up 100 all-purpose yards against Denver in week 14. So, like, you know, it's it's certainly, you know, an, an above-median outcome for him. But, I mean, if, if he's going to be out there, especially another guy that, you know, he hasn't been the uh, the happiest camper in terms of his contract scenario over the last couple of seasons. I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to talk about in the offseason that is yeah. not going to find a whole of, you know, that that sizable of a market, at least on a market that he is, you know, all that happy with when he when he tests the free agency waters. So, I mean, 100K is 100K, right? Like, he'll certainly have the motivation to to go line his pockets. And, you know, one 110 isn't isn't the craziest thing in the world for Austin Eckler. He- yeah yeah it it could be certainly worse there um let's go ahead let's pull that back down and let's talk about the slate in general eric are there games you are staying away from before we get into the ones we love the lures ravens is scaring the shit out of me we're gonna get some weather finally out here uh in the eastern part of the country this week and a little bit of a nor'easter coming through that's a 34 and a half game uh point over under in that game we know no lamar jackson I do. I really do like Tyler Huntley. He's a guy I think is a very good quarterback, at least as far as a backup goes. But I think the Ravens like this is a rivalry. They fucking hate each other. And nothing would make the Ravens backups even happier than, than beating the Steelers, especially they lost that game in Heinz Field earlier or Akachai earlier this season. I don't think they can beat the Ravens twice in, in a row. 
I don't know. I, I I think I'm tossing in hope for uh for my lures this week, and I don't really want any anything to do with that as far as if I had week 18 matchups going DFS or betting purposes. I'm just kind of staying away. I'm also staying away from that game. It's it's one to to underscore in that regard. Uh, if you want to put on your tinfoil hat, um, there are several pretty talented teams that need the Ravens to win either as their primary clinching scenario in the AFC or as a backup option. I, I, I don't necessarily think that coaches are going to do this, but like if the Ravens play their cards the wrong way, I guess, um, you know, they could be limiting the opportunity for teams like the Jaguars or the Bills to make good their point. way to the playoffs. So really good point. I mean, actually, yeah. Look like it's it is a blatant conspiracy theorist that conspiracy theory that they would uh, they would go out there and let that influence how they play the game, but maybe it's a factor. Who knows? Uh, another game that I will be avoiding uh, in terms of my fantasy and wagering play is going to be this New England and New York. Yes, game, oh the my lowest god, on the board like a third a thirty point five game game total is just astronomically low i do think there's an interesting storyline here though i i oh. kind of wonder if with all of the rumors swirling about this being the 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 last hurrah for bill belichick and the patriots if he goes out and wins his game like the patriots could slide back like like four to nine spots in the draft. really and that would be a uh Holy that would cow. be a pretty nice little middle finger a la lovey smith with the texans last year <laughs> although it worked out um, so, I mean, look, if he's, if he's got his foot to the gas at the end of this one, like maybe that's an indication that things are in fact coming to a close with new England and he wants to leave him a little, uh, little parting gift. Right. Yeah. This is interesting because I, when every time I see a total this low, we saw it a couple weeks ago in that Thursday night football game when we got a really low total like this. And I usually pound the over, I usually like, like hitting the over on something this low. Speaking. But this one's a little bit tough, Eric, just because it is the Patriots defense, which has been stellar. And even though the Jets offense has kind of got back in the swing of things a little bit, at least as far as fantasy football production, it's still hard to trust, a, you know, a total of 30 and a half, which sounds crazy. But I think if push comes to shove and this is still the total Sunday morning and the weather isn't dog shit up in New England, I think I'll probably be laying an over wager. But outside of that, I don't think I'm getting involved. Yeah, you know, I I don't mind the the over here. You know, the the general rule that you gave is is spot on, right? Like, there are so many ways that two teams can can combine to get to thirty points, right? Right. Um, in terms of these two teams in particular, I mean their their season averages for scoring comes in at twenty nine point eight. Um, so I mean, it's it's not the yeah. you know, it's it's not all that unlikely that they they stay sub 30 but yeah look i mean maybe maybe bill belichick wants to make a statement kind of pad his resume with a win out the door and use that to skate into his next job you know just continues to to pound this this new york jack team that i think he's i think he's won like i'm not even going to speculate his record I, but his record against the jets is yeah. insane good on you bill good. hopefully he uh just for jets fans purposes he leaves new england i think th their lives would get a lot better up there uh in the boston area uh, a couple games i am excited about we talked about that houston indianapolis one i think that will be a great one out there in the loud house in Indian indianapolis and then how about this commander's dallas one i think this one pretty interesting as well ron rivera checked out fucking months ago maybe last season like this is really a shit show here in washington 
I think Dallas is going to want to lay him on him a little bit. And Dallas still has like a, a little bit of something to play for. Like they, they win, they win Very the division. So, so uh, you know, can't really move up in seeding. I don't think any higher than two, uh, unless the 49ers were, were to somehow lose, I think. But other than that, I, you know, I, I, I'm really interested in at least investing in the Dallas side of things and maybe get some garbage time from the commander's end. Yeah, don't don't mind this one uh, at at all. The, the the Cowboys very much so have something to play for, right? They they all but assure themselves getting the two seed mm-hmm. and avoiding San Francisco for as long as possible. Yep, uh, with a win here, right? So, you know they they should they should they should have the the requisite motivation. Unfortunately, against the Commanders, I mean you can uh, you can you can get out and and really really thump them and build a pretty big lead. So maybe we see them you know, kind of tail off towards the, you know, towards the end of the third quarter or so, you know, give their starters a, a little bit more rest. But by that point, like the lead will be big enough where your, you know, your key pieces likely have contributed in a, you know, in a, a satisfactory fashion to that point. Um, looking up and down the board, I mean, that Texans Colt one is, is probably the game of the week for me, uh, yep. you know, personal bias accounted for. Um, that Sunday night game is insane. Miami and Buffalo. Yeah. Um, oh. You know, the, there, there are a few different ways that the, the bills can still get in if they lose, but statistically speaking, the most likely outcome for this bills team is they are either the two seed or they are out of the playoffs, which is just crazy to think about. Like, no, you can't, wow. you can't fall into five, six, or seven. Like, you're either the the second best team in Fuck the conference, or you're staying home next week. Um, I, I, you know, realistically speaking, there there are a handful of ways they can still get the seven. Um, I I kind of like Buffalo to win this one just based on how hot they are, but also the drama that would set up that would lock in a Tyreek Hill return to Arrowhead in the first oh. week of the of the wild card round with Miami heading down the road to, to Kansas City. So that one is going to be a super intriguing game and should be a high-scoring affair. Um, what else here? I, I mean, Arizona's been playing, you know, been putting up a fight at least down the stretch run. Yeah. Seattle needs to needs to win yes. in order to yeah. at least keep their playoff hopes alive. That is, that is one that can definitely have uh, some fantasy goodness baked in and should be a good game overall. Yeah, I'm excited for it, man. Uh, even though fantasy football is over for, for most people, like this is a really fun week just to watch, take some notes for next year and, and get involved in different ways. You know, I don't sure. play a, a ton of DFS during the regular season. I'll play some, le- you know, some weekly, weekly private leagues and stuff like that. But this is really a fun, a fun time for me. And um, I'm excited to do that. And uh, the next week we have a uh, playoff fantasy football as well, which we can talk about uh, here on Tuesday. Um, I appreciate the breakdown, the slate, Eric, it's going to be a fun one. Let's go ahead. Let's look forward till next season a little bit with some 2024 sure things sleepers. It's the sure thing sleepers of the week. All right. We did this segment a year ago on this very show. And my sure thing sleeper was Chuba Hubbard it, that, that I threw out for 2023. Yo. It came to fruition. So the good vibes are out there. We're getting carried into the weekend by those uh, by those hopes once again. But Eric, I'm going to let you lead things off here, man. Uh, who is your sleeper for 2024? Someone who could maybe make an impact that we're not really thinking about um, as a high end player as of yet. Yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to 
lay out a scenario that's that's kind of contingent upon a, a few things. But the the name that comes to mind for me is is Kendra Miller, the Saints rookie running back. I, I mean, look, part of part of the influence here is looking for the guy behind the guy is always a pretty good way to look nine months into the future as someone that can crop up yeah. a la Chuba Hubbard last year, right? Um, but also for as long as I can remember, I feel like the New Orleans Saints are in cap hell just every single year. This is this upcoming offseason will be the first point where they actually have a potential out in Alvin Kamara's contract. And his mm-hmm. his number is pretty big, right? So, you know, whether it is them, you know, uh finding finding a point to part ways with him or just, you know, kind of cracking the door open for a changing of the guard. I mean, Alvin Kamara has been uh, on this team and in this league for a very long time by running back standards. You know, this, 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 con- this, uh, this Kendra Miller call is a little bit of a, of a deeper pull, but you know, there's, there's a few scenarios where things, you know, break, break in his favor and he could, you know, he could have the inside track for a much bigger workload in 2024. It's funny. You bring up the saints contract situation, the salary cap woes they continue to deal with. Right Every now, they're, they're $75 million over the projected cap here in 2024. <laughs> that is that is the highest by far. The next closest is Miami, uh, over 41 right now. So, like, they are $30 million in the red more than anybody else. So, like, it is just absurd what, what's going on over there. They're going to have to p- perform some salary cap gymnastics, and maybe that means getting rid of Alvin Kamara. So yeah, I, I don't hate the call. I don't love Kendra Miller as a prospect, but he, sure. you know, what they pay for him a, a, a day two pick, right? I think he was a second rounder. Maybe a third yeah. Rounder. Yeah. They, they, they paid up for him a little bit. So um, maybe we see some Kendra Miller here next season. looks like we got Jerry in the chat. What's up, Jerry. Good to see you, man. Thanks so much for tuning in on your feel good Friday. And we got Hoove talking some nonsense in the chat as usual. Boogers, my guy. What's up, Hoove? We appreciate you, man. Um, all right. So you went with a, a running back who has a little bit of potential upside if the starter is moved and I'm going to follow that same trend here. I'm going to go with Zamir white. Zamir White, Whoa. I'm not sure if Josh Jacobs is back with the Raiders or not. He's on that one-year deal, kind of like a pseudo-franchise tag. They could tag him again. I don't know how happy he'll be with that. And Zamir White, another guy that was a, a day three pick, early day three, though, fourth rounder for him. Um, and he was a 4-4 guy and had a really nice career at Georgia. What I liked about him this season when we saw him, he started three games. He averaged 95 rushing yards per outing. breakaway run rate. That's 16th among RBs. So he's got that extra gear. Like he really does. And the biggest thing with white in this Raiders offense, you've always wondered is like, can you catch the ball? Because we didn't see it at Georgia. They had James cook during that time. So they didn't really use him in that role last week, six targets, five receptions, 35 yards against Indianapolis. That's pretty good for me uh, as far as what we've seen as Amir white in the receiving game. So I was excited to see that. And I kind of see the Raiders right now. They have a little bit of cap room, but maybe they shift away from Josh Jacobs. They add an affordable free agent or another rookie. And then it kind of reminds me of like a Chuba Hubbard situation where whoever the the new guy in town will probably be drafted ahead of Zamir White if there is a new guy. But White could be the one you actually want to roster for a later round pick. So I'm going to go with Zamir White. I, I like the vibes. I've always liked him as a prospect. And here he might finally get a shot. Yeah, guy guy behind the guy again, right? Uh, the the difference being, you know, we've 
we've gotten to see Zamir White on display here down oh, yeah. down the stretch run. You, I mean, you mentioned his six targets in the last game. Two games before that, he had four targets. He hauled in, hauled in, hauled in three of them, right? So, like, definitely feeling more confident with him as a pass catcher. Can definitely do some things in in space with the ball in his hands, break a few tackles. So, don't mind at all. The 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 point to underscore, at least for me, very unlikely we see Josh Jacobs back, right? Like he was he was one of these you know late holdouts all throughout the offseason this last year. He's he's one of these running backs like um, uh, Saquon Barkley who signed one of these like super franchise tag deals that gave him like a little bit more money up front and some more incentives like for all intents and purposes the the free market as well as the raiders kind of let josh jacobs know how they value him so i would be very surprised to see him back unless he's really willing to come in at a number lower than what he was anticipating so if he's out the door like maybe it's oversimplified but i feel like the logical thing is if you have a viable asset at a position at a reasonable contract number like Zamir White, like check the box. You've yeah. you no longer have to go out and try to solve that position on your roster. Go spend those that time and that resource elsewhere where you still have holes in your roster. So that you know should be kind of the logical way that front offices think about it. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But you know, the, the case that you're making is is super solid, right? Especially if we we agree that Josh Jacobs is likely not a Raider next year. Yeah, he could be on the way out the door and we could see a new quarterback come in the door as well. Uh, I'm hearing whispers of J.J. McCarthy and uh, John Hart or Jim Harbaugh <laughs> potentially head in there. Uh, who Put was who's on back that up one. there. Yeah, yeah. Who, who was on that uh, a, a couple weeks ago? So um, let's go ahead, Eric. Let's shift to the final segment of the day. Let's bring some good news into the IBT listeners uh, world with uh, a little bit of good news. All right, good news. This is our way of bringing some feel-good headlines to the good people out there. And Eric, I'm, I'm going to give uh, give the reins to you. How are we feeling here? What's a story that caught your eye as we head into the new year? Yeah, I mean, look, this this is good news for me personally, at least, because I think it's going to be uh, hilarious and add to my viewing experience. And that is that NBC announced in the last week or so that they're going to be adding Snoop Dogg to their coverage team. Let's go. Uh, he did. He did some like uh, some like reacts and post game stuff, mainly with Kevin Hart at the end or during the 2021 Tokyo Olympics, and it was absolutely hilarious, right? And just yeah. like Snoop Dogg in general, especially like this this version of Snoop Dogg, like he is a whole ass vibe onto himself. Like in some of the promo videos that they're dropping, like he's he's letting it fly with like his limited. Uh, his limited French translations, right? Like he's just going to be out there having a good time. We're doing a lot of player interviews, and and look, dude, like the 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 Dizzle's going to be out here making like you know secondhand weed jokes on NBC, like yes. one of the stuffiest sports yes. productions you can you can imagine. Like my my expectation, the bar of my expectation for the Olympics just went exponentially higher when I saw this news hit. I love that this is becoming a thing in sports media where celebrities and just funny ass human beings are now right. allowed on broadcast teams. Like last week, uh, I, I was hanging out with my buddy, Kyle producer of the show. And we turned on, I can't even, it was the Wyoming bowl game. 
And like, why would I ever watch the Wyoming bowl game? I usually wouldn't, but I turned it on. Barstool was doing all the coverage and they were hilarious. They were just making jokes left and right. And like, that's what we can kind of expect from Snoop Dogg here. I, I don't know how he's going to get his weed over into France. I don't know what, you know, how that's going to work out. He'll probably have to go through some legal procedures or maybe, you know, maybe they'll have something for him when he gets there. But either way, this is going to be absolutely hilarious. I'm glad to see like, it's a good move for for sports media in general happening right now. Yeah, big time. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too worried about the supply, right? Like I get the sense that Snoop's probably got the plug in oh. every city in the world, right? Yeah, that's that's probably a good point. Good point for sure. Um, all right, I'll move on to my good news headline of the week, and it is Luke Littler is that dude. If you guys don't know who Luke yeah. Littler is yet. I didn't even know like a week ago, but he is a British darts player. That is awesome. And Eric, you and I, like we love, we love British people after meeting mags here on the program this year. Like I'm already trying to plan a trip to, to get over across the pond. I know we, we've teased the draft night out in England idea before. So like we fucking love the Brits over there. They're hilarious. I love, I love everything about them. And this kid, 16 year old had a fairy tale run to the professional darts championship finals where he lost to Luke Humphreys. But this is a kid, he struggled with anxiety, he struggled with panic attacks, and he's he's put that all out there and said, hey, this is who I am, and I have to play, I have to play that this one clip from, from this interview. I don't know if oh, you heard about it, Eric. It is absolutely fucking hilarious. Here you go. Take a listen. You can't drink legally. You can't vote. You can't bet. You can't drive a car yet. How, how do you celebrate as a 16-year-old when you perform like that on the Ali Pali stage, what are you going to do? Um, probably just treat myself to a kebab. Probably treat myself some more vapes. <laughs> <laughs> My fucking dude is out here, Eric, saying he's going to treat oh, himself man. to a kebab, a Fanta, a, a Coke, and, and, and some vapes, man. Like, that is that is good. That is good internet right there, my friend. Dude, That that is unrivaled right like i can remember being 16 year old 16 years old just crushing soda crushing vapes never <laughs> thought i would hear hear kebab as the uh as the celebra celebratory vehicle of choice but hey man kebab slap like i'm i'm totally here for it and the the thing about it like not only is is littler like in the in the middle of this fairy tale run but i actually i've got it on good accord that the world darts champ championship from like a fan viewing perspective is one of the most electric sporting events. That's what in I heard. All of the world. Yeah. Everyone that I've known, everyone that I've talked to that has gone to one of those, like they, they put it like in like the life altering tier of experiences to have. Holy hell. Okay. All right. You got the Eras tour up there. You got the, the Super Bowl, and now you got the, the professional dart championship up there as well. It's awesome to see, man. And uh, congrats to Luke Littler on this run, man. Best of luck to him moving forward uh, the rest of this year. And uh, man, it, it's been awesome, Eric, hanging out with you, hanging out with the IBT family here on Fridays. Like we mentioned, we'll be back live every Tuesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. So come hang out with us after you guys get done with dinner. Uh, kick one back. If you guys want to crack something open, smoke a little, whatever. You know, we're not here to judge. We're just here to have good times and good vibes with you. Um, Eric, thanks again for joining us this season, man. Uh, any final thoughts you have for the IBT family as we uh, end this regular season run here at the company? 
Yeah, man. Just uh, just just enjoy yourselves out there, right? Keep the vibes high. Keep an ear out for the stuff that we're that we're working on, right? The uh, the regular season is winding down, but our coverage and our content is going to march steadily on. So yes. whether it's turning on those notification bells, whether it's keeping an eye on the stuff we're putting out there on Twitter, uh, the the end of the NFL season does not mean that we are stopping here at IBT. So come rock with us in the off season. Yeah, come rock with us, guys. We have so much cool content planned for even just this show here when we switch over a new season after the Super Bowl. Until then, we're going to keep kicking it with you. Enjoy week number 18. Uh, enjoy Luke Littler. Enjoy your vapes, folks. And uh, actually, don't vape. Don't vape. Vaping's bad for you. Um, but Bob. Yeah, yeah. Get a kebab. <laughs> enjoy the kebabs, folks. Uh, we'll see you on Tuesday. Until then, you know what to do. Keep it in between. <laughs> <laughs>